0: episode 32 and we are live out of minnesota today just had a big snowstorm push through about mm, 10 inches the last day and uh, i know some snow has been running through south dakota as well some people are getting a little weary about chasing snow geese out there because of the snow i'm gonna tell you right now don't worry about it go chase them go beat them up good one for the good guys And uh, they're gonna with this nice nice weather here. I mean, you're gonna start to see them push in again, and uh, that snow is gonna melt pretty quick. So, if you can get to an area where you know there's little to no snow, you're gonna be golden and you know go shoot them up in the snow. I know that's a lot of fun. Um but this podcast is currently brought to you by Chasing Foul Outfitters in Minnesota. Come uh, come get after it with us this uh next upcoming season. We're gonna be uh we're gonna be looking at a good year. Got got a lot of good guys hopping on the train and uh it's gonna be fun, man. We're gonna be, you know, just really hitting it hard this year is looking to be a good one so come enjoy that with us and uh i want to meet some of y'all so come on and hunt i'd uh we'd be more than more than happy to have you and go try to beat up on some of those geese and ducks but uh we got ethan gooch on today Now Ethan was one of the hunting public interns and uh, he's really taken some of that knowledge he learned from there on to building his own YouTube channel as well as doing some freelance stuff. Um, He was actually a part of the Snow Goose World Championship winning team and he filmed that. Now when I say they beat him up, they beat him up. They shot I think 467 birds from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. And uh, that was a good one for the good guys, if you know what I mean. And so it's been a blast to kind of hear some of Ethan's stories about that and, you know, what, how they were able to get it done and whatnot. Um, and then also to hear on, you know, what he learned from the hunting public, how he's brought that back to his YouTube channel, and... Um, for those guys that are kind of starting to get on the youtube train this will be a good one for you on you know really how to you know adjust yourself and kind of make the videos that people want to see so you guys should enjoy this one and uh, i had a blast talking to him so let's roll Live with episode 32 of Living the Guide Life, and today I have Ethan Guchon, and he is a freelance videographer, photographer, does a bit of guiding himself, and uh, was a part of the 2021 World Championship um max prairie wings snow goose competition and was able to film the defending team uh winning champs of last year was able to film this this year and get their uh get their shoot on film i think they shot over 473 that day and uh, was able to get the title back so ethan how are we doing
1: i'm great appreciate you having me on the show let's talk about some snow do something
0: hell yeah brother yeah dude you gotta you gotta give me the rundown on what went down that day
1: yeah absolutely so um i was down in arkansas i'm from northern missouri but um i met some guys that are down um in arkansas and they run an operation called wild goose chase uh, they've been guiding speckle belly hunts mostly um, down in Arkansas for the last five or six years, and um, I just met them through uh, Instagram, and they had me come down and they said that they were going to be in the Max Pairwing Snow Goose World Championships, which I thought was super interesting. I've always wanted to go down there and film that, um, and so we went down there. And this year is just a one-day competition. It was on Sunday. They actually had a youth hunt on Saturday. Um, and they've been watching this field for three or four weeks. And we could tell most of them were juvies. And I mean, the next day was pretty insane. Uh, it was a, a rice field, like a, a cut rice field. There wasn't any water in it. And uh, there's just a ton of geese. I've never seen more geese in one field. Um, that I'd ever hunted. <laughs> and, um, yeah, besides that, I don't, what else do you want to know?
0: Yeah, dude, cause there's 10 guys right on each team.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. 10 guys on each team. Um, for those that don't know about the competition, um, there's 10 guys on every team. There's somewhere between 30 and 50 teams every year. I think there was 33 teams this year, but I wouldn't quote me on that. Um, and you have this year you had from, sunrise or shooting hours on Sunday to 1pm to kill as many snow geese as possible Mm. the snow geese had to be decoyed and uh, then you had to take them all to Max Prairie Wings which is a sporting goods store um, in Stuttgart, Arkansas um, to have them all counted Um, and then if you were declared the winner everyone had to pass a lie detector test (laughs) Uh, so that's kind of the framework of the competition
0: Okay. wait a lie detector test?
1: Yeah, so that's like the interesting part. Um, it, it seems like every year there's controversy. I, I don't, I don't know if it just is people making fun or uh, if people really have controversy about the people winning it. But um, ever since it started, there's been um, you have to take like a polygraph test. So the same thing like people that are in um, like under suspicion for a crime, they have to take a lie detector test. Um, they have a state. Um, police officer there and then every individual on the team all 10, all ten team members individually have to take a lie detector test and they kind of ask you a series of 10 or 15 questions um, regarding the competition and um, if any one of the team members fails um, then you're disqualified so that was interesting I didn't realize like there was that much controversy or they were that serious about um, the rules but the last two years, those guys have had, each had to take in, take a lie detector test and it takes like two, two and a half hours to run everybody through that after we get done hunting.
0: Wow, <laughs> I didn't hear about that. Wow, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's an ordeal, but it's good. I mean, it's good to know, uh, you know, you have a judge, and um he watches the whole hunt and then the judge counts all the geese and then you have to show up to max with the same amount of geese that you had in the field and then you have to pass a lie detector test so it's good to know i mean there's virtually no way you can you know fudge numbers or yeah. cheat or anything like that so it makes the competition fun and it is i mean it's super competitive the guys that are down there um, get pretty serious about it so it's a lot of fun
0: yeah i can imagine yeah that's uh that's pretty pretty sweet to hear about that and just like the lie detector says i would have never expected that that's a curveball <laughs>
1: yeah and uh <laughs> makes it i mean like i said it, it makes it makes it hard to to do anything that you're not supposed to do and it just makes the competition fun because you know everybody's being legit but um, yeah. as far as actual hunt goes um it, it's just pretty average um I can't go into all of the secrets of the hunt, but, uh,
0: (laughs) yeah, I can, you know,
1: give some, um, you know, some general information. We had less than a thousand full bodies. We were only using full bodies. So that's, you know, different than, um, what some people do. Some people only hunt with socks, but we were hunting with only full bodies. Um, and pretty usual spread. I, I don't know how to even describe that, but pretty usual spread. Um, we were running e-callers, just like everyone else was. Yep. Um, I'd yep. say the biggest thing was the hide. Um, we were in a panel blind on the edge. Same thing that uh, Cadillac Creek uses a lot of that. Um, down in Arkansas, they, they sit on an edge. Yeah. Um, but laying in white, just uh, laying in white suits, it has its days and it can work, but um, definitely getting on an edge or being in layout blinds or something with a little bit more concealment. I think, um, was, was part of the key. And then the other thing that's, um, you know, just, I don't want anyone to overlook as far as that hunt goes is we killed probably 460 juvies. Jeez. Um, the, I mean, 98% of those geese <laughs> were less than six, you know, were six months old or whatever. So, yeah. um, certainly a lot of luck there as far as just having the right geese, Um, I don't think had that feed been all adults that we would have done that, but, um, you know, sometimes when you get in the right spot and get everything else aligned, you get lucky enough to to have a field like that that's just full of juvies, so... yeah, I think that, I mean, there was certainly a lot of skill involved and those guys really knew what they were doing, but yeah. when there's that number of juvies, uh, you know, some pretty crazy stuff could happen. We did have like a couple of times, I've always heard about um, people saying this, but we had a couple of times where uh, we'd shoot into a group and then uh, there was just so many birds and I guess there were juvies, they'd swing out and five minutes later they'd be back in the decoys. <laughs> so, you know, just does, that would never happen with adult smokies, but yeah. uh, made for a fun day
0: dang that's awesome dude and like how many like a rough estimate of like how many birds were in that field um before you guys hunted it like was it a pretty massive feed
1: yeah it's hard to say i mean i don't i can't really give a solid number but um you know the guys down there said 70 to 100,000 I'd say Jeez. Um, you know just a, a ton uh, the other cool thing about that field was um, they were coming from multiple different roosts so um, that's also something that to consider um, especially for the competition is yeah uh, you know if you can get multiple big flocks um, down and they're not all at the same time that can really help you I mean the first three groups we shot into we probably they probably shot 80 geese out of each group yeah and um they were all from different roosts and it just so happened that they all came at different times so that really helped um you know just the fact that they were from from different roosts
0: yeah oh absolutely that's a huge thing because that way even if you did have all the birds jump off of one roost you still have a couple other roost to play factor into
1: Absolutely, yeah. It was a that was a big factor, um, and then like a couple of things that I thought were interesting. I was going back through the footage. Um, I think we shot um, like in we had like twenty three to twenty five different volleys. Jeez. Um. So we they averaged twenty or so geese a volley, mm. but there was a lot of the volleys later where they were only getting five to ten out of. Um, like like I said, the first. Two or three or four volleys you know we were killing 50 to 100 geese out of those so Mm
0: um
1: after after the initial you know five or ten that were really really good we had another 10 or 13 that we were scratching you know 10 or so birds out of so that was cool i think the guys each shot a case of shells so we shot (laughs) close to 10 cases of shells um, well they did yeah so there's a lot I mean there's a lot of money like I, I was thinking about that just like the amount of money that was spent like to make that happen just in shells and yeah. everyone had a gun at least one gun uh, a lot of the guys had two guns to keep from their keep their barrels from burning up and mm-hmm. a, one one guy burnt both of his barrels up um, just like crazy stuff that probably won't ever happen again that was just cool to be there and witness it all
0: yeah that's awesome. I mean, even to find ten cases of shells right now, it's terrible. I know. <laughs> I know. I.
1: I. Uh, I mean, it, that was what we were talking about. That everyone had brought cases, and they're like, "We." So if you win, uh, you each team member gets five cases of shells. Ooh. And uh, they were like, "If we don't win, we're not gonna be able to hunt the rest of the year." Obviously, they're joking, but I mean, it's it is hard to find cases of shells right now. Um, so luckily they won and each got five cases, so they got
0: repaid a little bit. That's that's very ideal then. That's a that's a big win right now with all the shells being gone. Definitely. Like, dude, before I went down to Texas, I was struggling to find like, just even like seven boxes of shells. Was, yeah, it's um, tough.
1: Around here too, it's. I mean, I I think it's a simple economics, but like Winchester experts are like. 220 dollars a case like stuff that was usually like 150 160 dollars a case is now like 50 or 60 dollars more expensive just because there's not much of it left
0: oh yeah dude I mean, even like the federals which i'm done shooting federals after this year because i hate them but i (laughs) i was buying them like during the season or like at the beginning of the season it's like i don't know Ten bucks a box, and right. now when I went to go like look for them because that's all they had, it's like seventeen bucks a box. I'm like, what are you? I don't know. What? What I'm saying <laughs> makes it
1: hard
0: to shoot that many times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, but yeah, that's sweet, dude. And then you're talking about the panel blinds too. Like I've witnessed. I mean, hunting snows, um, even like in the fall, spring, whatever it is. Like, I mean, if you can just get out of the spread. They, they work so much better.
1: I completely agree. Um, you know, I was talking to a, a guy um, that had kind of started um, sitting in the decoys eight years ago, and he was talking about how it used to, you know, really, really work. Not many guys were doing it. Yeah. Uh, but now, I mean, it. it's like it, they'll get to – a 100 or 150 yards, you know, away, and mm-hmm. you can just see that they're seeing you, um, and yeah, that edge was so much better, and it's weird because a lot of guys think that the snow geese won't pull up to an edge, and I was skeptical, too, at first, yeah. um, you know, it's hard at times to get geese, ducks, anything close to structure, but, um, you know, if they can't see anything that's visibly wrong, they, uh, are a lot more comfortable, so, yeah, I think that's definitely definitely true. Getting on an edge.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm with yeah. it. We'll have tough times. I mean, shooting Canada's right on the edge, but uh, yeah, <laughs> like that's
1: uh, the main thing we do is shoot Canada's here. Like, yeah, that's what we do, and I'm sure that especially you're from Minnesota, right? Yeah, that right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to get like i don't know i think it's only it may be tougher to get canadas to an edge than it seems like the snow geese are to an edge at times but yeah, um, yeah. that's why i was so skeptical because we've been hunting out of panel blinds for canadas for a while um you know and sometimes it works really well and sometimes it doesn't work at all um but those snow geese sure liked it for sure
0: yeah and i mean i've talked to quite a bit of people on the podcast about it um just their aspect of kind of running running in the spread or running outside of the spread and i just feel like everybody that i have this conversation with it's like i mean if you can get out of there and you brush those blinds up really good and you have cover over the top and they can't see you like it's just it wins more than it loses for those snow geese i feel like
1: absolutely yeah um funny, about three years ago, we, we always run a migrator spread here in northern Missouri. Yeah. We've got like 1,500 full bodies that we've accumulated over the years. And Jeez. we never had any just crazy days. Um, we just don't see the numbers of snow geese that the guys in Arkansas see or the, even the guys over in northwest Missouri see. But yeah, um, we built a pit, um, and the pit has been phenomenal. Um, you know, it's essentially like, um, an underground bunker and they, you know, we're right in the decoys, but they obviously can't see us. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's worked better than anything, but it's been frustrating not being able to move around and, um, you know, always being stuck to one spot and it's quite an investment to to put that in the ground. So, um, you know, those panel lines are so easy to set up and you can move around and they work so i don't know why you would ever get away with that unless for some reason those stop working
0: yeah which yeah it'll be interesting to see kind of the um outlook on it for the future years because i mean we're like you said laying in the spread eight years ago was killing them and then right. it's like, okay, well, how much time do we have with the uh, A-frames, panel blinds, whatever it is, until they figure that out and really dial that in? And then it's like, okay, well, what's the next step after that?
1: It is weird. I, I was having this conversation with those guys down there because they were talking about that, you know, just like, seems like you transition, you know, like every five, ten years, something, something new comes and you try it and then... Okay, well, that doesn't work anymore. Somebody else tries something new, and then everybody wants to try that, and it works good for three or four years. Um, I think we're even, like, I guess we've got a, a group of guys that – a guide, I guess I know, that um, used to run A-frames for Canada's in the middle of corn and bean fields, yeah. like, you know, three or four years ago. And I mean, he never had a single problem. And then the last couple of years, it's really, um, really been tough for him to, to kill – a lot of geese a lot of Canada's with uh, an A-frame in the middle of the field um, so you can just tell like they, they figure that stuff out pretty quick yeah. Um, but yeah I don't know I don't, I like I said I don't know where I don't know where it goes from here I guess it'll be interesting to see what people come up with
0: yeah yeah and I mean I was even last year like we would do that we'd run a frames there in the middle of a cornfield and just kind of brush it up with corn stalks to make it look like the farmer missed a section or whatever and we were smashing them out of the a frame in the middle of the field just, like that's literally all we hunted and uh, like it was insane like we net like dude after I bought up my first a frame in October I think we sat in layouts once and we just wanted uh-huh. A-frames for the rest of the time and just beat them up. But then, uh, it like this year, whole different ballgame. Like, they just weren't about it. And right. it's just like, all right, well, what were we doing last year that they liked and got to figure that out. Just got to replay <laughs> it any Because these birds mess with your head. <laughs> this is so weird.
1: It's so weird.
0: But... Yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was interesting to see like that kind of aspect of it change just from one year on how those birds really were not about it this year. I mean, even yeah, it was just it was just a weird vibe. We just had to run layouts a lot more than I'd like to, but right. I mean, you got to do what yeah. you got to do.
1: I think that's true too. Um, you know, like the full bodies for the snow geese um, as opposed to socks. You know, like. Um, Five years ago, it seemed like everyone was really getting into socks, and the socks were really working. And they certainly still do work. I mean, there's yeah. no yeah. doubt about that. But um, they it, it certainly work. But um, it seems like those guys, especially, um, and I'm speaking with limited experience as far as the Arkansas goes, but those guys swear by the full bodies now, yeah. um, as opposed to the socks. And then it's funny too. I guess on the Canada side, more kind of what we know about. Uh, What more than what I know about, a lot of guys have switched to silos, and the silos seem to really work. And Mm -hmm. I'm just interested to see how long like that's gonna last. Um, Seems like in the last two years they've become really popular. Yeah. Uh, You know, seeing like the guys at Cadillac Creek, they've you know socks and um, silos seem to be what they run a lot, and they have success doing it. Um, And it's just gonna be interesting to see how long that lasts. Um,
0: Just weird how stuff changes yeah i'm with you i mean dude like last year for spring snow goose and like fall too i mean we would like we had socks and stuff but i mean i feel like everybody throws socks everyone it's like 1200 socks out is like just what people run and so we would just like run like 300 full bodies and like you would be able to kill them out of that no problem and I just feel like throwing a smaller spread and just a more realistic full-bodied look that really helped out a lot
1: Definitely Yeah, I think anything it, it's interesting, but I think you bring up a good point I think if you look and you say okay, what is like what's everyone doing and you just change it? Just very slightly yeah. not that what they're doing is wrong, but yeah. you can do something just slightly different um, a lot of times you can fool those birds that are, are educated, um, even if it's just the slightest thing, a couple hundred less full bodies, getting on an edge, you know, hunting layouts instead of eight frames, whatever it may be, um, you can you can trick them and have some better humps.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um. Yeah, it just it's just getting out of the norm, I feel like is what's tough for people. They're so used to running 1,200 socks or whatever it is. And they're like, well, I've never done it before. And I don't want to try it now because I don't know if it'll work or not. And then they just kind of stick to their own own ways. Right. Which isn't a bad thing. That's just like I like to, you know, try to see what I can do to make it work and try something new that maybe no one else is doing that could help us, benefit us in in the hunting season, trying to fool those birds.
1: Definitely. I'm sure you you guys run into quite a bit of pressure. with
0: the Canada's up there in Minnesota, or am I wrong? Um, yeah, so like, we, we will run them, there's a good amount of people that hunt early in the year, and then it kind of slims down after that, because nobody wants to go hunt in the cold, or whatever it is, right. so I'll only run into a handful of guys out scouting. Uh, but I mean, like, dude, our early season, the two weeks before early season, I asked on 60 different feeds, and, I got 52 no's and it was like because I'm well like I'm hunting a new area this year because I uh, Switched for college and so now I'm living in like the southwest uh, corner of Minnesota and so I was like just trying to learn the area and stuff and so I was just asking everybody and uh, They're like yeah, somebody's already hunting Um, I'm like jeez dude. It's literally like 52 no's on 52 different fields and then Lucky, luckily enough, one of our buddies uh, found a nice little loaf pond, and we beat a beat like an eight man out of it. So that was fun, but it was it was tough. Like there were there was a lot more people hunting down here than I thought. And then after like I don't know mid October, it just kind of was like nope, nobody's out. Right. Like, that's just how it is. People are like like yeah, I got my fun out early season. Now I'm just going to work because I used all my vacation days up or whatever. And, then, <laughs> and like, it's just like that, which is nice for us because we're able to run and gun all year long. Right. That's yeah. the same
1: thing um, with us. I mean, we, we hunt. I mean, we all go, all my buddies and I go to college. So yeah. we're able to hunt some during the week and stuff. And um, it definitely makes it easier than just being stuck on the weekends and we're able to escape a lot of the pressure because we're willing to hunt all year long we run into the same thing a lot of the geese will show up in early december and by christmas everyone's pretty well done hunting them and we go till february so yeah we've got a month month and a half where we can kind of just do our own thing and there's not too many people out bothering them so
0: yeah exactly where do you go to school at
1: I go to Truman State, it's in Kirksville, Missouri. It's in like northeast Missouri, um, pretty close to Iowa, so we're like 30 minutes from the Iowa border.
0: Yeah, and what are you going to school for down there?
1: Um, I'm going for agriculture science and I'm minoring in business, but at this point I'm not sure if I'll use that for my job, (laughs) but I figured having a degree wouldn't be a bad idea.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah. I was looking at your internship. You're at the hunting public.
1: Yeah. So I did that. Uh, I was going to graduate, um, a semester early, so I don't graduate this May. I graduate next May. Um, and I was going to graduate a semester early. Um, but I figured I'd just do an internship. So yeah, I was with the hunting public. They uh, are another YouTube channel, yeah. for those that don't know. Um, they've run a lot in the last couple of years. I think they've got uh, 300,000 or so subscribers. So yeah. They do mostly deer hunting um, and turkey hunting, which I certainly like to do. Waterfowl is my main thing, but um, it was fun traveling around with them. I got to learn how to edit. I have already messed around quite a bit with the video and the editing, but... Uh, being with them and making like a, a a crisp production, you know, three times a week, I was able to really pick up um, on a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have by myself. So I traveled around with them, went to a bunch of different states, um, and then just helped them make their YouTube channel. I mean, make helped them make their YouTube show and learned yeah. a lot. And then towards the end of that, kind of once our waterfowl season was really kicking off, I started my own YouTube channel and just been filming. Mostly our hunts, but I'll travel around to different people um, that I meet or whatever, and, and film some other people too. That's kind of how I got my start as far as the YouTube channel goes.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Oh. And how how was that internship? Um, like comparing filming turkey hunts, big game hunts, compared to waterfowl hunts for you.
1: I I didn't personally like it as much. Um, I I don't have a passion for deer hunting. I mostly film deer hunts. I filmed a couple turkey hunts. Yeah. I just don't have the passion for deer hunting that I do for waterfowl hunting. It was weird because, like, with deer hunting, I still think it's pretty cool and exciting. But, like, I get excited for, like, that minute that we see a big deer, shoot a big deer, and then it's all over. And it seems like with waterfowl hunting, like, I'm having fun pretty well, like, the whole time that we're, I'm out. And, you know, it's little spurts of excitement throughout the hunt. Yeah, um, and I just feel like the main thing, which I don't, for those that haven't waterfowl hunted, it's hard to describe but I just feel like waterfowl hunting is a lot more interactive you know, you're not just sitting there yeah. waiting for a, a deer to walk by, um, you know you get a call out of, Adam, you get a scout you get to talk to landowners, you know it, it, the whole process is very involved and there's just a lot that goes into it um, so, it was fun I, I definitely like filming waterfowl hunts and um doing that more but if it wasn't for those guys i wouldn't have learned how to video and edit like i can now so i'm really thankful for that
0: opportunity absolutely man yeah it looks like a great opportunity just to really build your brand and um just to learn from guys that really know how to do it
1: yeah definitely i mean those guys I've been doing it. Well, they were with Midwest Whitetail, which was on the outdoor channel for a while. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, they made, um, films for TV, which were a lot higher end productions. And then they switched over to YouTube about three years ago. Um, and that's not as strict of a style, I guess, or as strict editing, but you know, those guys do it for a living and really know what they're doing. And it's hard. Um, for people starting out filming their hunts, to you know, learn how to do it, learn how to edit, learn how to just put it all together, and so you know, getting with people that really knew what they were doing um, and could show me, um, it really expedited the process of learning how to do it all.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah, and I think that's a great internship for uh, just learning how to be able to build your brand and be able to edit those videos and stuff like that. Like you said, certain stuff that you might not have known. And, uh, now you got that experience under your belt and a great and a great internship for a videographer, photographer, cause they're just like so well known. It's just such a great right. thing to have on your resume. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. And that, and that was the biggest thing. I didn't go into it with that intention. I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to start my own thing or if I was going to work for them or how exactly it was all going to shake out. But, um, you know, that's what I would say. I guess you know, kind of like what you're doing now. Um, you know, if you if you surround yourself with people that are well known in the industry, and, and you can just build some relationships with people that a lot of people know, um, and you do good work, um, you know, it's not all that hard to to get into it and, and get some contacts built up um, to get in the industry. I I've gotten a lot of questions as far
0: lost to their partner.
1: Contacts and um, a lot of it's just talking to people and um, starting something and and getting people to to watch it or getting people to listen to it in your case and uh, it seems like it just kind of snowballs once once you get one person on the show then uh, they might tell somebody and then you get in contact with them it's a pretty small industry small world once once it all um, shakes out and uh, it's cool to have been able to get in contact with a lot of those guys that i used to just watch on tv or watch on youtube
0: yeah oh absolutely i'm with you on that like even with just doing this podcast the people that i've met that i never would have um, right like and just to get to know these guys what they do how they uh, do what they do and be able to, you know, make some special trips and go hang out with them for a few days and uh, build that relationship. It's just been so much fun. I mean, like just meeting a bunch of good guys that love what they do. And that just really, really interests me in hearing the stories just all around the country of just different people and what their tactics are for certain things like shit, dude. I mean, I was looking at it as, uh, like, how I'm able to build more tactics into what I do up here, like, just by hearing what some people do in Texas or whatever. Right. And I'm like, hey, man, maybe, like, maybe it's not a bad idea if, if it's just a dirt field up here and we just go lay under socks or something. Right. And like, try that yeah. out. And like, right. I mean, it may work, it may not, but it's something that, I can go try out and a new tactic under my belt.
1: Right, and I found the same thing to be true. Um, you know, once I had the, the basic editing style, I guess as far as uh, kind of more with the video side of just learning how to do things, it's like now I can watch a show or I can talk to somebody who does it and I can see what, what I like about what they made or um, a video that they did and I can, I can put that to use in my videoing. Um, and once you kind of learn a few of the basics and know what to do, you just listen. There's a lot of different strategies out there with hunting or with videoing or with any aspect that you can pick up. And the, the coolest thing, too, is, like, those guys down in Arkansas, like, a lot of guys back here would be like, oh, well, that's in Arkansas. You know, that that wouldn't work for Canada's in Missouri. And it's like, I don't know. You know, you don't know until <laughs> so you give it a try.
0: Yeah.
1: um uh, I found like some of those strategies like that seems so strange. I highly doubt that works. Have um, you know? I've turned out to work. One thing that was like super interesting. I'm thinking about this year one of the coolest times we were on. Um, like I don't even know. Probably 15 or 20 years ago, they used to have those uh, Canada Goose chairs. I don't know if you've seen yeah. those. They're like back they're like backrest and then they have those giant canada goose shells i mean i don't know those the shells that go over are probably really like four foot long like they're just huge yeah the magnums and, yeah uh, we killed a, a limited geese uh, there's only four of us but we killed a four-man limited geese under those this year um and like no one else like they're like, oh that worked like 20 years ago no one else like no one else would try that you know yeah. but it's just weird like the stuff that um, used to work that may work now and just weird stuff that you can pick up that, that might help you
0: <laughs> oh exactly dude and I, I think that's a big thing about it is just trying new stuff and like learning different tactics and being like hey man like it may work it may not but like I'm gonna go for it and we're just gonna see like how it plays out
1: i couldn't agree more and it's fun i mean yeah that, that's a strange thing like um, you know a lot of the guys a lot of the older guys that we hunt with or got us started hunting they got you know their little strategy down and this is the only way to do it and uh, it works a lot of times but there's sometimes it doesn't work yeah and i'm much more from the, the standpoint well if we try it and it doesn't work i won't try it again but it may just work and we may find something that no one else is doing yeah um, it's just fun to to Go out and hunt, and try something different,
0: and try something that no one else is doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, we have uh, one of our older guys that we hunting with around here, um, and like when I started hunting with them um whenever we would hunt his fields it was we were throwing out four dozen magnum goose shells and that was it like he was like we don't need any more and this is all we're gonna throw no full bodies nothing we're throwing magnum goose shells and i'm like okay like whatever i'm like 13 years old and we kill the shit out of them like every time (laughs) it was like the weirdest like looking back i'm like what is going on like (laughs) we're literally throwing out like Three four dozen just magnum shells and we're like smashing five bands out of the same field like every weekend it was it was insane and uh, Like we've tried that a couple times uh, This year didn't work out too great on like two of our hunts or whatever But then we just kept running our usual spread of silhouettes full bodies, whatever it was And anytime he'd come hunt with us. I'm like, yeah, Hooter, you just come right at shooting light. Um, that way, you're not uh, helping us set up or anything. Because if he was, he'd be like, <laughs> What the hell are we throwing all these decoys out for? Right. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, yeah just, just come at shooting oh light, dude. We'll have everything set up for you. All you got to do is <laughs> uh, But yeah, no, it's just stuff like that, man. I mean, learning from, learning from guys that have done it their entire life. And then it's kind of, <laughs> it can be tough for them to switch up their tactics. Yeah, I, the,
1: it's just funny. I don't I don't know what else to say on the topic. Is just that you, I can't encourage people more to just learn from other people and try something new because it makes it fun. And a lot of those old guys, I don't know if they have the passion they used to have for it and they've just gotten into the running with the motions but yeah when you try something new and you trick them in a new way it's it's something that you can't really beat
0: oh exactly yeah and it's it's fun to just do that with them and uh show them the way that you hunt now and the new tactics is we've picked up over the years of just doing it by ourselves and uh i think it's just fun to show them a different way to hunt
1: Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to do, too, with videoing and then why I like traveling around so much is just, and it's what you're doing with the podcast. But I think we're at a, a, a strange spot with with waterfowl hunting, all types of hunting where there's enough media and there's enough um, just connectedness of the industry that, um, you know, people have the the access to learn from other people more than just word of mouth yeah and so me going out and video on somebody in arkansas that's doing something totally different than what a lot of people are doing um hopefully can help a lot of people you know learn how to learn how to do things uh, and that's definitely been my goal is just trying to show people and um tell people that there's not one way to to kill a goose if you will.
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah, I think a lot of people just Need to open their minds up a little bit on how to really Make the most of it and what they can do different than what they're used to
1: Absolutely
0: And uh, I wanted to dig into kind of your story on how hunting all got started for you and on Kind of your path on where you're at now Yeah um, I grew up in Northeast
1: Missouri. I've lived where I go to college in my hometown. Okay. Um, so I've always lived here in Northeast Missouri. Um, I'm not exactly sure how I got started hunting. Um, my dad and grandpa had always hunted, and I mean, a, a lot of people around here had hunted. Um, and I grew up mostly duck hunting. Um, my dad and grandpa had a. Uh, <laughs> a big pontoon boat on like a big lake we have down here. So we often killed uh, migrating ducks, but it was never anything too great. Yeah. And then um, I started deer hunting when I was probably 10 or 11, kind of just for fun when duck season wasn't going on. And then when I was probably 13 or 14, when I really got into waterfowl hunting, I had a buddy, who took me uh, goose hunting for the first time and just got totally ate up with it. And I liked it because most of the people around here deer hunted, and I just, like, deer hunting was fun, but I wanted to do something that not a ton of people were doing. Um, And I just started waterfowl hunting every weekend with my buddy. Um, And we just slowly acquired decoys, and uh, then we could drive a couple years later, and that's when it really took off. Um, And, yeah, then... I started videoing my hunts probably when I was 18, so I'm 21 now, so I probably did that. Uh, started that about three years ago. I started videoing my hunts. I had an old YouTube channel. Um, wasn't really focused on growing the YouTube channel or anything, I just liked filming the hunts. I've always enjoyed um, having a camera and and filming different activities, but I love filming hunts. So I filmed those hunts, be hard for two or three years and then um, another one of my buddies that I live with uh, told me about the Hunting Public's internship and that's when it kind of clicked like hey maybe I don't want to do ag science you know maybe I don't want to uh, do a normal job I guess let's see if I could you know make something work in the outdoor industry so I uh, I applied for the internship last February so almost a year ago and uh, was lucky enough to get it and then just took six months off school and traveled around with them and learned how to film and then kind of just hit the ground running. I had to go, obviously I'm back to school now, but um, I've just been traveling on the weekends and traveling during the week when I don't have school to go film different people and um, obviously film my buddies back here. Um, But yeah, just now just trying to build my YouTube channel and, and keep interesting content on there. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. I, I guess I never really predicted that I'd be where I am now. Not that the YouTube channel's are very big or um, I'm any well known photographer or videographer, but it's been cool to see that, you know, like with a little hard work and a little bit of passion, um, you know, there's, there's people that enjoy watching the show and um, I've gotten to see some just awesome things. So oh, that's yeah. kind of the short story of how I got started hunting and videoing
0: absolutely man and you got a great base on your uh youtube channel you got like fifteen thousand subscribers
1: yeah so i mean it's been growing i mean way more than i thought it would um i think that obviously that max prairie wings hunt helped a lot um, there's been some a couple other cool hunts but um yeah it's been growing great uh i can't really complain i think if uh i could double or triple the size of the youtube channel i would be able to do that after college, so yeah. I'm really excited about that. That that would be kind of my ultimate goal is to just kind of be a freelance um, videographer and travel around filming hunts and filming whatever. Really, I don't, I don't. I went out last week um, to Wyoming and filmed a mountain lion hunt. Wow. Um, And one of my old, one of the older guys that we watered out with some, he uh, killed a mountain lion. So, like, that was just a super cool experience that, you know, I never would get to see if I didn't have a YouTube channel and a camera. So,
0: that was awesome. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Um, And is that kind of your main goal is to try to kind of make something of this and uh, do a freelance um, photography and videographer?
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be my ultimate goal. So I'll graduate in a year and three months. I'll graduate next May, basically. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's my goal. I'm trying to post um, a couple of videos a week and keep it interesting. And um, that would be my ultimate goal. I, I would also like to do um, some some work for some guide services or um, duck clubs or whatever. I, I'd really like to make, um, you know, some short films as advertisements or, um, whatever, um, that doesn't go on YouTube. I, I really like to make, um, you know, those short 30 or 60 second advertisements. So, um, yeah, between YouTube and then just doing some private, um, work for whatever, whatever companies in the outdoor industry, I'd love to, to do this full time.
0: Yeah, man. That's awesome got to keep grinding away
1: yeah absolutely I, uh it's it's tough at times just like having enough content because you know how it goes i mean yeah. you might have four or five good hunts in a row and then you know you might go two or three weeks and not kill anything so um i guess that's probably like the hardest part about the whole deal is like just trying to schedule it all out you know posting I was thinking about it. I was talking to my buddy the other day. I'm posting two videos a week at, at this point. Not all of them are hunts, but I'd say the major- majority of them are hunts. And you know, you think about that that's a hundred, a hundred plus videos over the course of the year. Uh, you know, that's a lot of, a lot of hunts uh, that we got to go on. A lot of hunts we got a video. So um, that's been the toughest part. But uh, being able, I mean, being able to hunt most days and call it a job has been, nothing short
0: of sweet oh absolutely i don't blame you yeah it's been a lot of fun yeah that's awesome dude i mean yeah it's it's fun just picking up a camera i have a camera myself just for kind of fun to take pictures and bring memories of the hunts and whatever but i mean yeah it's just it's just a lot of fun to capture that and capture some stories like you have um with the snow goose conservation and all that kind of good stuff
1: Yeah, I'd say that like that's the coolest part like that's that's a kind of just reassures me is like You know those 10 guys like I've made them all dvds and send it to them and like I know that They're gonna have that with them for a long time And uh, you know, there's like that's just a memory that's forever cemented and it's not it's not something They can just tell somebody about you know, it's something they can go and watch and show people so That's the coolest part of the video and is just like having something that's concrete that people can watch, and um, you know, it's not just a memory in your head. It's it's a memory that people can watch, and that's the coolest part about the whole deal. Oh,
0: absolutely! And with your um, with your YouTube channel, what kind of what kind of videos do you try to make that? Um, that really differentiate your YouTube channel, or let's say, like just different, bringing a different aspect, or how to get that connection with people. Um, yeah, that's
1: a good question. Um, I guess, I guess there's kind of two different styles of waterfowl hunting. I, I guess I watch. I don't know how much YouTube you watch, but yeah. Um, I'm not a personally like a huge fan of if the video is gonna be longer than like a minute. I'm not a huge fan of like. Um, loud music in the background and like montagey video like that. I don't. I don't feel like it tells too much of a story. Yeah. Um. And it. I mean, it works. Um. For a lot of people. Um. I guess the main. You know, like the main guys. I think that do that are, are Daybreak. Um. And I mm-hmm. love their videos. Like they. They don't post a ton, and they're not like trying to be big on YouTube or anything. So like, their videos are great, but um i don't think i could like sustainably post two of those a week and people find them super interesting so like that's one aspect that i'm trying not to do is like add a bunch of music to my videos or um condense what you know like that snow goose conservation hunt that video was like 34 minutes long
0: yeah i watched it last night
1: yeah like I, i could make it like you know i could have made that like eight minutes of straight killing but like i wanted to tell the story and show the entire hunt and then like the other thing too like I guess it's semi different than what, um, others may do is like, I don't do a whole lot of GoPro footage, um, which a lot of guys do. And then I've just really tried to cut down on like the amount I'm talking. Um, there's uh, a lot of uh, guys that, um, video their hunts that talk a lot in their, in their videos. And that's fine. I think people can learn from that. And I think once you have a following, um, you'd kind of be dumb not to talk some in your videos cause you can definitely interact with people that way, but yeah. it can definitely slow down the video a lot. I guess the main person I think about does that is like Bobby guy. Um, he has a huge following and a lot of people love to listen to him talk and a lot of people like learn from him, but people at this point don't really know who I am and I haven't I certainly haven't built my credibility as far as a waterfowl hunter so I don't feel like I can impart too much advice um, to people I'm certainly still learning um, myself so um, yeah kind of like just tell the whole story of the hunt too um, you know there's a lot of guys that just go out and you know, like the only thing you see is them killing, and then there's a lot of guys that go out, and there's like ten minutes of the video is them setting up decoys and stuff, and then there's like two minutes of killing. Yeah. That can be boring too. So, kind of just the whole mix. Um, really, my videos. I don't know if you watch the Hunting Public, for but for those that do watch the Hunting Public, my videos are a lot like the Hunting Public. I mean, it's just because I learned from them, but. um just trying to be as realistic as possible make like my main goal like if someone comments this like it just makes my day if someone feels says like hey man like i watched this video it it really felt like i was on the hunt with you like that's my goal yeah i want people to feel like they were there i don't want people to feel like they're bored but i want people to also like pick up on maybe the boring parts of the hunt or pick up on the smaller things of the hunt that um you know, you would feel like you were actually there. So that's the goal, basically.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I think you make some great points on that too, about just talking in a video, or if it's like killing whatever it is, I think there's like pros and cons to talking. Um, If you're going to, you know, express a certain topic in that video, kind of tell that story about that, but then at the same time, you don't want too much talking because people are gonna be watching your videos watch birds die like that's what people like come there to watch and so i think you make a great point on that it's like hey man do i want to make a bunch of just killing but then add in some talking points to like kind of bring it all together but i don't want too much talking there's just a lot to think about
1: right definitely and like i i've learned a lot um you know it's pretty easy to like a lot you usually don't i mean some some of the comments are positive but like Um, I wouldn't say the majority, but there like, there's a fair share of (laughs) of comments that are pretty like critical, um, especially on YouTube. And so like, I've learned a lot and I don't, I don't take that stuff, um, to heart, but like, it's pretty easy to, you know, to see what, what stuff's working and what stuff's not working. Um, and yeah, it's been awesome to learn and see what people like. And the other thing too, is like, I've been, um, trying to just make different videos. You know, I don't, I could sit here and you know probably film 20 or 30 canada goose hunts a year um, but i don't know how many of those people would really want to watch so you know going to arkansas going to wyoming on that mountain lion hunt um you know filming the max prairie wings conservation hunt like filming things that people may have heard about but haven't really seen you know there's a there's a lot of stuff on youtube that people can watch but there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been filmed before and so That's kind of my goal is to just find the the weird stuff that, you know, people haven't filmed before um, that people might find interesting. And it's been, you know, some of the videos that have been most successful are the ones that um, are just different from what everyone else is doing.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm with you on that on aspect of the same thing with this, like I'm just trying to learn people's different stories and uh, kind of shed light on all the different states that you can hunt, all the different things you can hunt in those states and how people do it. Because I feel like if you're just going to go consistently like you were saying, you could go film 30 goose hunts. Every day of the season, but it's like all right after you've watched like a certain amount of them You're like I already know what's gonna happen Um, Maybe you could like like you were saying go shed some light on the world Championship snow goose hunt and your mountain lion hunt And just showing different different topics to different people and opening their mind up on okay This is what you can do. This is how people hunt in this certain area and just keep that interaction instead of just repetition of Boom! This is what we're doing, um, and just try to expand that. Absolutely, yeah.
1: I mean, that's like I listen to a couple of podcasts, and I, that's what I think is like the most interesting about podcasts is when they highlight new people. Or like, um, I haven't listened to um, your uh, podcast with Toby. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but
0: um, yeah, it was. I think episode sixteen. But I well, I'm also gonna do an episode hopefully this weekend with all four like with all the guys down there and try to do like a full-blown like everyone's opinion and then also uh like my experience down there so that one should be a lot of fun
1: yeah i I guess i i had never listened to your podcast but i will listen to a lot of of podcasts um related to um waterfowl hunting and just hunting in general and that's what i like the, the ones i listen to are the ones that are like super like you know like they're super unique they interview people that like i've heard it like i've heard of cadillac creek i think a lot of a lot of waterfowl hunters have a lot of waterfowl hunters have you know looked at toby and been like who is this guy like that he doesn't look like your average waterfowl <laughs> hunter like i want to know his story you know yeah. what i mean so, and uh you know that like that's a that is a prime example of like stuff i'm trying to do with video like holy cow like what is this unique event going on like let's go film that or yeah. like just trying to stick my head in anywhere that it just people aren't usually around or people aren't um haven't seen much of or heard much of um but it's still going to be interesting so yeah that's just been my biggest thing is trying to keep it unique and keep it fresh
0: oh absolutely dude and i like when i was talking to toby um on our first podcast together and we were just kind of going over um like what they do and everything and how oh, they meet? They meet at the gas stations every morning, like as all guys mostly do. And he's like, "Yeah, uh, most people don't realize when uh, I pull up, I'm a bald-headed dude with a bunch of tattoos, earrings. <laughs> like, this you're never, never expecting that out of a waterfall hunter. And I just love, right. I just love it because he's just so different in his own, and uh, he just shows it and expresses it, and it's awesome. Like, just different ways and different people that you can meet." Um, and just like, you would never think, okay, a waterfall hunter is going to have tattoos all the way up his neck and on his face or whatever. Okay. And it's just like, it's just fun like that. Like, it is fun. It's, Definitely. And so talking with like him and a bunch of just different guys, I mean, it's fun to really experience that and, uh, you know, get, get to hear their story. No, it's, Definitely. The podcast is great to do. But, I mean, for you, like, it's such a great opportunity because you can show it. Like, people can visually see it and really, like, understand what you're going through. Because, I mean, a podcast can only do so much. Like, you can listen to it and you gain some knowledge about what they're doing, but you can't visually see that like you can. Ethan Gooch. their you there, partner. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, back to, I don't know how much you heard about what I was saying, but just like, you're able to express, um, like, and visually show people those experiences where a podcast, you can only really listen and kind of listen to what they have to say but with you you can really show that story right yeah
1: I mean there's aspects of both that are yeah are definitely beneficial um, you know there's people that are really really good storytellers that um, you know it'd probably be better just to listen to them on a podcast um, and then there's other aspects that you can't really just listen to and kind of visualize it yeah uh, mm-hmm. so yeah I think I think they go hand in hand um, as far as just being creative and uh create something that people can can listen to or watch and enjoy.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think, yeah, you did a great job on that world championship. I mean, I loved watching all 34 minutes of it. <laughs> Thanks. Like,
1: it was long. It took me a long time to edit, but...
0: Yeah, I can imagine. How long How long does that take to edit a 34 minute video?
1: So, um... I I myself on that. It takes about an hour for every minute of finished video. Mm. So that took me about 34 hours to edit. Jeez. Um, there's some videos that um, are are take less time. Uh, you know, like some of the videos that I'm, I'm talking or um, stuff like that. But on like a, a finished, polished hunt, um, it takes about an hour a minute to edit. I'd wow. Say. So it takes a while. I think that's part of the reason why, um, you know, some of the people um, talk more in their videos, or they use GoPros or whatnot, just because it doesn't take as long um, to edit. Um, yeah. And editing is certainly not my favorite thing to do. I mean, I like to do <laughs> it a little bit, but um, I don't know if you go back and cut stuff out of the podcast and stuff, but that can get pretty tedious. Oh yeah. Uh, pretty quick. So. Um, you know, I try to do it as fast as possible, but I also think that, um, you can, you can do a lot, uh, in the editing program that makes a video a little more interesting than it would be just raw. So, um, that's been an important part of the, of the whole video and process is choosing what gets in the video, what gets out of the video, how to make a certain shot look interesting. Um, just different things like that, that I've learned that, um, have been important to just my overall video strategy.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, editing, editing can take quite a bit of, quite a bit of time. I do, uh, I do a little bit. I don't, I never pull anything out. But it's just like cutting up, um, like if I lost you on the call, like edit that together or whatever it is. Right. Um, just like small stuff like that because. Nobody on the podcast ever says anything bad, so it's usually <laughs> I uh, can make it happen. And swearing is just the name of the game, so I'm not too worried about that. Right. Um, <laughs> just just a waterfall thing, and uh, and so I mean, yeah, it, it takes some time, and it's just like the small stuff. And you can get a get a little slow, can get a little boring sometimes, but just just how it is. Definitely. But. Yeah, no, that's that's fun. And Do you do all your editing on... Uh, what app do you usually use for that? I use Adobe
1: Premiere. Okay, yeah. Um, that's just what I learned um, on. There's some other good ones. There's some free ones. I'm not well-versed on the free ones now. I used to only use the free ones, but um, ever since I started with the hunting public, I started on Adobe Premiere, and you can just do a lot on there that you yeah. can't do on the free ones, so I've, I've started to to use it quite a bit and let's say it's I mean there's some other paid ones I don't even know Uh, Final Cut's another good one but um, Adobe Premiere is just what I learned on and it's what I'm comfortable with so at this point there's no real point in messing with that
0: oh exactly and the nice thing about Adobe is you can get the Creative Cloud for like 20 bucks a month if you're a college student
1: yep that's a big deal
0: yeah it works out perfect like i can get i have photoshop lightroom um adobe edition that i use for the podcast like illustrator there's just so many things that you can get for only 20 bucks a month (laughs) right and i use it non-stop yeah i'm like all my thumbnails for the videos are through photoshop
1: a lot of videos i post on instagram are through photoshop you know like there's just a lot of 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 different apps that come with Adobe that make it make it well worth I mean 20 bucks a month is pretty expensive but it's definitely well worth it by the time you use all the stuff as much as I use it
0: oh exactly and the amount of different tools they have for you set up on there and just like if you think about it if you're using a free app you're not going to have all the tools that you might need like you were saying um, or whatever it is it's just nice to have all on the same, like all on the same app. You can use it, and it's only twenty bucks a month. So that's two hundred forty bucks a year, which, if you right. put it, which if you put into that, like I'm using well over like two hundred forty dollars worth of tools. Definitely. And so it just makes it makes it nice for uh, that aspect of it. I
1: uh, couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah, dude. And then uh, any other that you got planned coming up that you're going to go try to film or anything? Um, I think I'm going to
1: Arkansas again this weekend. Okay. Um, and then I'll probably go over to northwest Missouri and um, and film some snow goose hunts over there. But our snow goose season will kick off here in probably about a week pretty good. So yeah. I'll be filming around here quite a bit. Um, after that, I'm going to just transition into turkey hunting, and then over the summer I'll probably do some pigeon and hog hunting and just random stuff to get me through um, until next season. But, no, I mean, really, it's kind of winded down here, unfortunately. A couple more trips to Arkansas. I think Bobby Guy may come – come hunt with us and I think Flair actually may come hunt um, with us okay. uh, in a couple of weeks during snow goose season so pretty excited about that hopefully that ends up working out I think that helped the channel and yeah. hopefully those guys would have a good hunt so I'm not going anywhere too crazy besides Arkansas um, and then it kind of all wh- winds up unfortunately i <laughs> kind of stinks that it's winding down but yeah just the way it goes
0: well I hear you on that part yeah, no. I, I've heard a lot of great things about Bobby. Guy he seems like a stellar dude.
1: I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I've I've talked to him, um, and then I've talked to his cameraman, Preston. They both seem like super nice guys. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. I hope hopefully they'll come up and we can get on a hunt together, and it'll be a good one.
0: Yeah, because I had a couple guys, a couple of my buddies that actually went and stayed with him at the. Oh really? Um, at his lodge, yeah, like. Mendak Outdoors um, and like Colin Clary, uh, smack yeah. Smackem Outdoors um, and stuff like that. They went and hung out with them, and uh, yeah, they said it was a blast.
1: Yeah, I I'm excited. I hopefully I can meet them. I'd like to go out there and hunt. Um, I went to Kansas this last fall and it was so much fun. I I didn't hunt with them, but. I have a buddy that guides out there and it was a lot of fun, so Yeah. Kansas is a cool state for
0: waterfowl. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. There's so many different species that you can go shoot out there. Like you got snows, specks, lessers, big honkers, mallards, pintails, yeah. whatever it is. They're literally
1: everything you could ever want.
0: Yeah, like should I just saw uh, like I just saw Hunter Pickett shoot a Brant with Big Kansas Outdoors, I think it was.
1: I saw that.
0: Like, yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. Shooting a branch in a field, like, who would, who would think? <laughs> like, beyond me, I don't know what that piece is doing there. <laughs> I've never there, even but, seen one. <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's just, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, no, it's just, that's a cool state. I'd like to, I mean, when I drove through there to go to Texas, um, I really loved it, it was nice. That's the first time I've been to Kansas. But. Yeah, I
1: never yeah. waterfowl hunted there until this year. I didn't realize how many, how much waterfowl was there until i got over there every pond was filled with ducks and geese i was like this is gonna be fun
0: (laughs) oh absolutely yeah so are you guys uh so when when does your push of birds usually come up to where you're at uh
1: as far as snow goose season goes yeah um we should start uh, like last weekend last week of february is usually pretty good it's been colder this year yeah. later than normal so um like this time last year we were we were killing birds pretty consistently but um every pond i'm sure it's way worse up there but every pond's got a foot of ice on it so mm-hmm. um it's been it's been a deal trying to get the pond thawed out and the floaters out and everything but yeah. i'd say here in a week it's 50 what it's like 55 degrees today this Ooh. will be the warmest day we have for a while but um I'm going to go out after class here and hopefully we'll start seeing some moving. But yeah, Yeah. here in a week, we'll see them. Um, probably pretty consistently.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think up here we got only about 24 inches of ice on the lakes right now. (laughs) Is that a lot or a little? It's a decent amount. Yeah. Like we got, I think that's usually about our peak is about 24. Sometimes we'll get more. Um, but yeah, there's quite a bit of ice right now. It's been, it's been cold it has been cold like this past week I mean yeah like it was it was feeling like negative 50 a couple of days last week
1: good god
0: Mm Mhm. yeah that's too cold not fun I wore a t-shirt out yesterday because it was about 40 degrees and living in luxury I thought about sunbathing quick but I didn't know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I know uh, we're wrapping up on time here I know you got a kind of buggy butt um, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you'd love to go over quick before we wrap things up here? Not,
1: not really that I can think of um, if you guys are interested the, like the hunt we were talking about first the Max Prairie Wings sits on uh, my YouTube channel is called Gucci TV my last name is Gooch so it's just Gooch IE TV um, there's a bunch of hunts on there um, that's really all I got to say there will be Um, quite a bit more hunts uh, from snow goose season probably a good five to ten more Um, and then we'll be next waterfowl season when we really start um, having more waterfowl hunts but besides that i really appreciate you having me on the show it's fun and i'm definitely gonna watch or listen to the rest of your podcast i hadn't heard about it before but i'm interested in a couple ones you talked about
0: absolutely brother i had a blast today we covered the map
1: we did we got all over
0: <laughs> absolutely i love it but yeah dude um yeah hey if you're ever up in minnesota let me know go uh yeah
1: you do the same
0: go do We're, some hunting uh, we both kill honkers so oh exactly. sure it's
1: not too different up there
0: yeah exactly but all right brother i'll let you go and uh you have a good one thanks for joining
1: hey you do the same thanks
0: man all right see ya Bye. boom and that wraps things up for today i know i had a blast talking with ethan gooch um we had a great talk about youtube the snow goose world championship all the stuff that he's got going on around filming and what he's kind of doing um really cool to hear about some of the hunting public stuff and how he was able to learn from them take some things away um you know slap that thing right on his resume that's a great internship to have for uh upcoming videographers and photographers and whatnot you know just learning how some dudes really make quality content on youtube and other platforms so i hope you guys enjoyed this one go get after them snogies i'm telling you it's uh someone needs to beat up on them because they're still coming hot and heavy and uh south dakota and we need to do something about that so you guys go uh go try to shoot them up i know some of y'all got your turkey season starting up here i know florida's rolling so i've been seeing some people shooting them down there and uh soon enough it'll be our time to go shoot one of those thunder chickens go chase them in the woods chasing thunder so uh hope y'all enjoy and uh have a blessed day